I'm Steph Doyle. And I'm Nikita Prokhorov, and we are from Sync Creative. Well, guys, we took a little bit of a hiatus, but we're back here with episode four, and I think we've got a, we've got a good one. Uh, we're here in the first part of February, and, and from what I've seen on the news, Nikita, you got a little bit of snow going, don't you? Yeah, we got a couple of inches, about 4 to 12, depending on which side of the street you're on. So it was pretty good. It's a nice, it's a nice little beginner snowstorm, which we should have had back like a month or two ago. All right. It's Yesterday was sixty winter. degrees here. Now it's like twenty. So yeah, it's it's going to be in the sixties here tomorrow as well. And I I brought up the snow in New York because we've got a pretty interesting interview today. Our guest is from Down Under, uh, and it's a record heat in the summer right now down in Australia. So uh, who are we going to interview today, Nikita? Today we got Bobby Hekalcha, who is a fantastic designer, illustrator, and lettering artist based in Melbourne, Australia, where I just happened to go a few mo- a few weeks ago. And there was a heat wave then, and there's definitely a heat wave now. All right, so let's get going. Seven and a half minute interview. Today we have a very special guest on our show. His name is Bobby, and he's an amazing lettering artist, designer from Australia. I've had the pleasure of meeting him in Melbourne just uh, about a month ago. Uh, very good dude, very talented, and we're happy to have you on the show. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, so just to start off with a just a kind of a casual impromptu question. Um, what are your stereotypes of American design and American design culture? Uh, I think it's very industrial. Um, I think that's the one word I describe it. And um, um, it's very rich in history of, um, you know, the industrial age of pioneers and all that sort of jazz and jazz as well. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the, those are probably the, the the main things that I'd say about the stereotype that I'm aware of of American design. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite American designer? If you could name just one, or you know, a dozen. Oh. Um, Graphic design, or or illustrator, or let's go. Let's go for graphic design. We're all designers here. Let's go for graphic design. Um, I mean, when when I was studying, um, I think David Carson was the was the big name going around. Oh yeah, David Carson. And then we started getting to know um, Sagmaster. Yeah, and then Stefan Sagmeister as well. His 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 book sort of just came out as I was studying, um, and yeah, those are probably the the main two uh, in the U.S. that we sort of heard about um, when we were studying. I think it's uh, <clears throat> there are two names that are heard quite frequently through design curriculums even now. But you'd be surprised how many young designers. Yeah. <laughs> At least uh, Stefan Segmeister is fairly well known, but you'd be surprised how many young designers who mentioned David Carson. They say David Carson who? They actually have no idea who he is. Right. 
Absolutely. You think it's a? So I'm curious. Seeing as Australia is uh, fairly far away, and you know, I've experienced it firsthand uh, just about a month ago. <laughs> you think there's a disconnect between yep. you know Australian design culture and you know, let's say European design culture and you know American design culture, or you think because of how you know how close and small the world has become because of technology, it's pretty easy to connect and keep in touch with people and be aware of trends that exist in other uh, in other countries, other continents. I mean, there's there's a side of that for sure. Um, I think philosophically, Australian design is very much influenced by European design. Um, when I was studying, the Bauhaus school was sort of the the mecca um, for design thinking and design theory. So philosophically, we we look towards the uh, the European side. Um, and, but the way we run the business side of of, of um, design, we'll look at the American side, I think. So it's it's sort of like an amalgamation of the two of the two Western cultures, um, the two you know the two dominant Western cultures, because um, we have no point of reference because it's a fairly young you know it's a fairly young country, fairly young sort of design tradition. So those two are sort of like. Our, our barometer. All right. Absolutely. Well, you know, one thing I absolutely loved about Australia, and I only got to experience a little bit of the design culture, but I love how close and intimate you guys are and how you know each other and how there's its own little niche of art and graffiti and illustration and graphic design in Australia. So I'm curious, mm -hmm. because of that tightly knit uh, community, does that influence your design process and creative process at all? Is there a lot of uh, you know collaboration, or is there mostly work that's separate? How do you how do you guys uh, how do you guys work together, and how much do you guys work together? We don't really work um, together that often. Uh, we'd we'd help out if there's uh, you know friends have projects and things like this. Um, every now and again, it's it's a you know a favor. You know, I have a <laughs> friend who has a letterpress um, you know studio, and she wants me to do a, the branding, so I help her out with that, and she'll help me out for any printing that I'll need it or anything like that. So yeah. All right, and I guess the last question then we have for you is, and it ties in. Ties into, I guess, the second to last question we have. In terms of uh, personal creative work, when you have some downtime or you feel like your paying gigs are not uh, awfully exciting, what do you do to kind of fulfill yourself creatively, and what do you do to pass the time? And while you're, uh, you know, while you're answering that question, we'd love a little uh, rundown on you and uh, kind of a short biography, if you will. So if you can tie those two together, that would be fantastic. Oh, okay. So, um, I finished school, I think, 2005, and instead of going straight to the industry, I went into, um, I guess, uh, hospitality. So, you know, I was mostly a chef for a few years um, coming out of uh, school, oh. and I just sort of worked, worked up the ranks fairly quickly because I'm, I'm a visual person and I like the sort of physical and sort of instant gratification of working in the kitchen. You know, it's, it's very like, it's very, yeah, like, it's not like this 
done where you move things to the left and then you look at it and you change the color and then you look at it. It's like, okay, you make it and then you go, you know, dock it in, dock it out sort of system. Um, so that was good for a while, but I just, I just didn't feel like it was, I wasn't educated in it. So, you know, I, I sort of learned on the job, but I didn't feel like um, it was something that I want to uh, become my career. So I kind of left that and then became a, um, an in-house designer. And um, I did a lot of sort of illustration um, stuff to, to learn, you know, to relearn um, a lot of the programs that, that I left behind. Because, um, you know, you, you still, even though you study these things, you, you have to keep um, practicing. So these illustration work led to, you know, lettering work, which led to, um, you know, paid gigs. And now it becomes a full-time thing. Um, over a few years, it's almost like, I'd say five years now since I left that, um, since I've become freelance. Well, I hope you haven't been going hungry for five years. I hope you still cook once in a while. Once in a while. It's, you know, <laughs> sometimes noodles are nice. <laughs> I think it's yeah. we're all familiar with noodles and ramen, so that's um, right. That's Absolutely. kind of our deal, guys. That's nice, totally. man. You, know, uh, you know, I've been a huge fan of your work for a while. I know we've been in touch for a couple of years, and it's been great to finally meet. And I know my two buddies, Steph and Steve, when they saw your work, they were absolutely loved it. So that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh yeah, top notch. Love the illustrative lettering. It's just incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it kind of, kind of puts my little black and white doodles to shame. It makes me want to run away in a corner and grab a couple of coloring pencils. So, <laughs> No, it's all good. Man, well, you have some fantastic um, work. So, well, um, I think they're, they're influenced by my background as well because I'm, um, I'm Indonesian um, by birth. Um, and there's a lot of sort of like ornamental um, art coming out of um that region because you know if art imitates life you know that you know you go outside and you know the flora and fauna is very colorful and and whatnot so like every little thing is 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 you know um very artistically done like even like name signs or you know or or pillars and things like yeah just basic things are very like ornamented or or very very colorful and i think those sort of things um really um um, sort of form the way I look at how things are quote-unquote beautiful. Yeah. So there's all a cultural yeah. influence in your work. I didn't know that. That's great yeah, to hear. Absolutely. That's a, absolutely. Now, do you well, work that's, any... that's sort of that's that's how I sort of rationalize it. <laughs> now, do you have well, any designers back home in Indonesia that you're in touch with, or any contacts you've made over the years, or uh, not so much? Uh, um, I worked there for a few years, and that was when I was working um, as an in-house designer. And uh, I don't think I learned much in my sort of office job. I learned more from uh, my freelance gigs there, but that's mostly sort of branding work. Um, and and um, that's, that's where I learned the most um, in terms of how to do the right thing, I guess. Well, it seems like a lot of us, uh, we learn a lot more after we get out of school and after we have a couple of jobs. And 
I know a lot of designers yeah. like on their own and they learn when they start learning. When the learning is in their control, that's when they start learning the most. And whatever they learn at school is just uh, the basic foundation. Whatever they learn at their jobs is also just a basic foundation. So uh, I think there's a lot of us in the same boat. Right. Well, I'm in my 50s. Yeah, totally and I'm still agree. learning. Yep. Yeah. Never stop Amen. learning. Never stop learning. Never stop learning. <laughs> well, it's a good thing age doesn't prevent us from learning. Only the desire and the ability. Absolutely. So, Bobby, uh, now that we've got the bulk of the questions out of the way, I'm going to introduce Steve, who you've already met, and he's going to do some rapid-fire questions. So, are you ready for rapid this? Rapid-fire. Hey, go for it. All right, Steve, take it away. All right, Bobby. These are, uh, these are what we would call our not-so-serious questions. Do you prefer do you prefer Comic Sans or Papyrus? <laughs> papyrus. Papyrus. Oh, Papyrus. Oh, oh that's great. Yeah. I, I think I prefer Papyrus too. <laughs> I'll be All devil's right. advocate. I'll say Comic Sans. Oh, we're taking a poll now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, next question. <laughs> this should be an easy one. Fosters or Budweiser? Neither. <laughs> oh, okay. What do you prefer? Uh, we have a beer called Carlton Draft here. That's uh -huh. sort of the staple for people in hospitality. It's cheap. Uh -huh. It's nice. Goes down uh -huh. like water. So it's the Budweiser of Australia. <laughs> it's not light. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Third and last one. Have you ever been bitten by anything poisonous? And what? Um, never. Never? Really? Mm, no, never ever. Yeah. Lives in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not. You know, right. I was... That's good. <laughs> well, I've heard about them nasty funnel spiders down there. They're terrible. Yeah. Well, you, well, you know. I was, you just... I was disappointed when I was there for almost two weeks. <laughs> I thought for sure I was going to be bitten or attacked by something and I got attacked and bitten by nothing and I was actually a bit disappointed <laughs> I'm thinking you're the most dangerous person here <laughs> yeah. hey I have to agree with that uh, thanks for uh, thanks for teaming up against me guys I appreciate it <laughs> alright well Bobby we appreciate you being on with us and uh, you know best of luck to you and like I said we love your stuff and uh, look forward to seeing more more great work from you in the future. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Seven and a half minute interview. All right, that was Bobby Highculture. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He uh, easily sets the record for longest distance uh, away for our interview <laughs> so far. That's only right. episode four, but uh, that may be tough to beat. So, yeah. Um, what do we do know some people down in New Zealand, though. You know, we know peers, and uh, I know a guy named Ono down in New Zealand, so we might be able to get close. We'll see if we can beat the interview distance record, but that, that one takes the cake. Well, Absolutely. We can the reverse, uh, the reverse record and interview somebody the closest to one of us, so that one could always be good. Yeah, we yeah, could all be, be in the same too. room. Yeah. Oh, that'll be, that'll be a recipe for disaster, I think. I think so, too. <laughs> Absolutely. So what do you say we do a little Steph's list? Steph's All right, list. let's do it. Steph, let's do it. 
All right, Steph's list. Ten fun office toys and gadgets. And, you know, uh, th what brought this up is uh, Steve got this little fidgety cube thingy. And, My uh, fidget cube. I love it. Yeah, his little fidget cube. And I was thinking, you know, us designers, or we designers, not us designers, we designers, we like to have our little fun office toys and gadgets around us to inspire us to do creative things or just to fidget around or to take our mind off things that are outside of, uh, you know, the fun work, you know, when we do the benign drudgery work, we have to have these fun sure. office toys. So I looked it up, 10 fun office toys and gadgets. Number 10, office warfare just got real. What this is, this is a little Nerf gun, hooks up to your USB, it's powered, and it launches uh, little foam missiles. And they've even gone as far as to have models that boast laser sightings. So could you imagine... Uh, being next door to one of the guys that had one of these things. Uh, the, yeah, the dog is in so much trouble. Right, yeah, dog. <laughs> the dog, family, crap. members, everybody. Yeah, craptastic co-worker, yeah. I can just picture my boss walking by my office or by my desk and me turning around, <laughs> laser sighting him or her and letting one go. Right, number nine is the keyboard made of lasers. And this is pretty cool. It's a little cube, plugs into your USB, and it actually broadcasts a laser keyboard onto your desk and it's actually interactive you can type on it and it looks like it runs around $170 so if you can afford $170 for this little gadget go for it it's pretty cool oh yeah Number that, eight. You, can use, you can use that with your iPad and stuff too I think yeah absolutely absolutely I think it's got Bluetooth so it probably does iPads iMacs so unlike the nerve gun, it's actually something useful, which is good. Ah, yeah. useful. <laughs> and then we're going back to something that's not quite so useful, but it's kind of fun. It's called buckyballs. And the buckyballs are these little magnetic spheres, and they come in a little cube. And you can pretty much manipulate them into almost any shape you want. And it's just kind of one of those little fidgety things. And, uh, of course, this one comes in blue. So it's blue buckyballs. Uh, Nikita's no probably dying. Yeah, Nikita's no probably comment. dying laughing over there. All right, so that was number eight, Bucky Balls. Number seven, Posture King's Rule. And what this thing is, and I don't even think I'd want to even have this on my desk, it's a gadget, and what it does is it monitors your posture. And if you're not sitting up straight, if you're leaning too far forward, you're leaning too back or far back, it flashes these lights and it makes this sound and it, and it reminds you you need to sit up straight. And it I'm can be yours for 20 bucks, and it sure as heck ain't going to be mine, because I don't need anything like that. Uh, uh, number six. Cool, considering how many of us sit there and hunched over the keyboard, oh, sitting yeah, there I'm drawing, terrible. sketching. Right. I think, I, I think that's probably what it was originally designed for, is people that are just, you know, they're, they're constantly looking down or, or leaning forward. And, you know, if anybody suffers from back problems, and I can certainly relate to that, that probably would be a valuable tool. Number six, not your grandpa's lava lamp. And what these are is called Bob and Flow. And they're kind of funky looking little lava lights that sit on your desk. They hook into your USB port. Uh, they come in blue and red. And it uh, looks like you get a pair of them. They come in, a, uh, it says each pair of pets runs between 75 and 100 bucks. And it consists of a silver lump that vaguely resembles a lump of, lump of lava lamp wax. So it's it's All actually right. kind of cool. Yeah. So that's number six. Number five, better time wasting with nanotechnology. And what these little nanotech uh, games are is uh, you pump water through by hand and watch strange beads race around like 
crazy, all for the low cost of forty bucks. Okay. So spend forty bucks, pump water, watch beads go crazy. Ooh. And why would you want to do that? I'm just curious. I don't know, fidgety stuff. We're talking about fidgety stuff. People that need to have these little things on their desk to fidget around. All right, number four, the little gaming zone. And what this is is a little retro video game from the 80s. And uh, it looks like it's a slot machine, and it comes with some other little retro games in it. And you can slide your iPad into the arcade cabinet-shaped uh, iCade. And then uh, you can download the app, and it brings up all the retro games, and it looks just like an 80s video game. Cost 80 bucks. Nikita, were you live in the 80s? I was born in 79. Thank you very much. Oh, okay, yeah. He was he was alive just made, in the 80s. Just made the decade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, Pet Rock USB. And it, it literally is a rock USB hard drive that plugs into your computer, and it comes in the little box that says USB Pet Rock. It runs about ten dollars. Wasn't the Pet Rock a big fad? Uh, how many yeah, back in 70s. the eighties, twenty, thirty, forty years ago, or something? The early eighties. I mean, is it just a rock? It just plugs into. USB? It's just a rock that has a hard drive inside of it, oh, and it got, plugs into your oh, USB. Okay. But <laughs> but what something. it does is it comes in the little box that says oh. USB uh, Pet Rock. Would be cool oh, so that would be just a regular rock to a rock that's powered by USB cable. That's pretty amazing. Right, yeah. What if it could grow hair like a Chia Pet? That would be the greatest. Yeah, thing wouldn't ever. that be cool? Then it would be called a Chia Pet. All right, number two is a robotic desk lamp, and pretty much exactly what it is. It's a robot. looks like a uh, robot that stands on your desk. He's manipulative, and uh, he, his head is actually a lamp head. So, uh, it's pretty cool. That's right up your number, alley, Steph. Uh, I think I have one. Uh, number one, the holographic desk. And this is actually kind of cool. It says, uh, the technology already exists, such as motion sensing connect, you know, for the Microsoft Xbox gaming. And I think, uh, the, uh, what is it? The Wii games actually have the uh, motion detection too. But Microsoft OmniTouch technology will allow future cube farmers to use projected touch screens on any flat surface in the Holodesk system. Not unlike the laser keyboard, the luminaire lamp, uh, as illustrated in the videos released by Microsoft Research Department, I guess we have to look that up, uh, the Holodesk technology allows users to manipulate holographic 3D images as if they were real. So you remember seeing in, uh, what was the... Uh, movie about the cops that could see Minority future Report. crime. Minority Report. Yeah. Remember the hollow graphic yeah. things and they manipulate it? Yeah. Well, they're actually coming up with this and it's called Holodesk. It looks like it's made by Microsoft, so it's probably not going to be that good of a product. Interesting. <laughs> okay, that's the 10-foot office toys give, and gadgets. Come on, Microsoft right. gave us Windows 3.11. It was a beautiful product. Actually, you know, I, I'm looking at the Microsoft Surface and the new Microsoft Surface, the big one now. Oh, yeah. It's like a desktop. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I'm about ready to give up my iMac and it go gives, with that thing. Yeah, because it you can run for old money. I'm telling you, you can sketch on it. You can do all kinds of stuff that's that you can't do on a Mac. And you know, Apple better catch up, or they're going to get buried by this. The that's Surface the is really, think, but the Surface is so expensive. That's the thing. It's right. so freaking expensive. Right. Well, so are Macs. So. 
Yeah, but it's not more expensive. Like, think of a Cintiq folding monitor slash uh, computer. It's like three or four thousand dollars, and for the same price, you can get a Mac and a Wacom tablet and still have. You won't have the big screen size, but you'll still have a pretty capable machine, a pretty capable right. uh, tablet. So, well, I have a feeling in the next couple of years, though, the price might drop, and especially if they get some competition, they're going to have to drop the price. But right now, since they don't have any competition, the price is going to stay high. All right, guys, that was my 10 Fun Office Toys and Gadgets. Off to you guys. All right. That was pretty good. That was a good list, Steph. Thanks. Yeah, I enjoyed that list. And I'm going to tell you, I enjoy my Fidget Cube immensely. I got it for Christmas. It was a Kickstarter project uh, from last year. And as a, as a habitual nail biter and fidgeter, having this Fidget Cube to buttons to press and things to click and... It's it's great. I may annoy people with it, but it's uh, it's much easier than uh, than fidgeting just just without anything in your hand. So if you're a fidgeter uh, or a nail biter like me or something like that, these fidget cubes are uh, they're, they're cheap, and I think they're a great little product to keep at your desk. And you know, it was an incredible idea because I just read the article on the fidget cube this morning, and the company's already made over ten million dollars. Wow. wow. So just selling these little cubes, well, they and were they said, ordered. "Yep." And they said that they, yeah, they're still back ordered right now. And they said next year's revenue is probably going to double. So, wow, something so simple. Yeah. Yep. Steve, I'm telling you, I'm glad I'm glad you got yours squared away. To <laughs> <laughs> do dumpsh. Thanks. <laughs> and he'll be here all week, folks. <laughs> okay. And the week after, and the week after. So thank try, you very much. Try the veal. Try, try the veal. Tip your waiters and waitresses. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I think we had a pretty fun episode today. Uh, I think we had a good guest, and we had a great list, and we had a little bit of fun. So uh, uh, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we got back on the horse after a little hiatus, and I look forward to our next episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Me too. So, uh, everyone, of course, we went over 15 minutes, as we always do, but we'll try We'll try to do better next time. See y'all later. It's always good to have goals. 15 minutes! Hey, thanks for listening to the 15 Minutes Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or follow us on SoundCloud.